is not gone there remained some who do worship who do call upon your name who are in the land of the living who still have your breath to give you glory to give praise to your name our lord we have nothing else to do we just want to let you know tonight that we have no other occupation we have nothing else to do with our time but to give you praise our father we love to worship you we love to praise you we love to give you glory we are at home when you are exalted we feel at home when you are magnified for that's what we are made to do our god we bless you lord in that spirit of worship we come to your table the table which you have prepared for us in the spirit thank you we come with our hearts bowed before you the maker of the universe who have all wisdom who can teach who can guide you only you who can who have what it takes to instruct a soul to teach man the right way our god will come to you because there's no one else who has a word of life but you tonight we ask lord come and divide your waters and open up lord gushes in the spirit to flood our hearts tonight we don't just want to take words we come to drink life we come to drink spirit we come to drink mercy we come to drink of your grace thank you our god i pray lord let let release teaching unction the anointing to teach the anointing to divide the anointing that it takes to see the lines to see the demarcation to see the separation to see the definition the, the anointing of god for the scripture to speak to instruct your people lord i ask you release tonight thank you because you are welling up freshness on the depth of us fresh a fresh dissertation father which you you will bring you to culminate in great entrance Amen. father we thank you and give glory i yield my vessel unto you lord this vessel is not perfect but you can use it come and use it tonight just take the stone direct it just use it freely as a pen in your hand to write the spirit tonight Amen. thank you our father thank you, lord. we give all the glory to your name we worship you Spirit of God. Gomine Kata. Krustita Paralosh. Erno Hamazis in the Ostorest. E. Maya dear. Elian Tomanusia to make onion to cut your stios to rest. Este, este, rest. Elian Terrest. E. Ties a rest. Arrest. Ayan Tari. 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 Tibia. Tari. 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 Ebrentari. Idion to Tari. 
to you I'm bringing to you I'm bringing to you I'm bringing to you your rest 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 for your rest is not on earth your rest is in the heights with me your rest is in the heights with me your rest is in the heights with me I am bringing you to your rest for your rest is in me I am bringing you to your rest for your rest is in me your rest is in me I am bringing rest to your souls I am bringing rest to your heart I am crushing everything that is not making you come to rest in me the hindrances holding you from coming to rest in me I am crushing them by feasting you with the food of the eye. I am feasting you with the meal of the eye. Eat the meal of the eye. Eat the meal and come up to the eye. Eat the meal to come up to the eye. I'm taking you to the eye for your rest is in the eye. Your rest is in rising above. Your rest is coming up. Your rest is in coming up. I am bringing rest. I am bringing rest. I am feasting rest. I am feasting rest. I am feasting rest. Your rest is in eating of the meal of the heights. I'm taking you to the heights, to the heights, to the heights, to the heights, heights above the earth, heights above the earth, heights above the earth, things above, things above, things above, heights, 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 rest, heights, rest, heights, rest, heights, rest in the heights, rest in the heights, rest in the heights, your rest is in the heights, your rest is in me, your rest is in the heights, your rest is in me, your rest is in the heights, your rest is in me. Eat for to come to the height. Eat for to come to your rest. Eat for to come to your rest. Your rest is in the height. Glory be Father. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. 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 Okay, I know heavens. Sister, see, I know heavens. 
Sister no he heavens. Often in the entire. Tell we alone, Pierre no. Cobbling. Ah, ye look me see heavens. Heavens are stupid enough. To live not, ye are still long, ye know. We then heaven, the end be. And the entire door for her, for her own tears, and receal to me here. Hamdans, son here, heal me here, my heal. On I am an island here, and live in heaven here. Heaven is. For the heavens are keeping the things of my God. The heavens are keeping the things of my God. The heavens are keeping the things of my Father. The heavens are keeping the things of my God. And the heavens are opened up to you. For you to come into the things of my God. The things of my God. The things of my God. For the heavens are opened up for to release the things of my God. The heavens are opened up to release the things of my Father. The heavens is a place where my Father dwells for to release a stench to you. The heavens are opened up to you for you to come up to the heavens and to come and access the things of my God. There is the season of coming up. It is the season of coming up to access the things that have been ordained right from the beginning of the world from you. It's been ordained and it's been kept in the heavens for you. So come up to the heavens. Come up to the heavens for the things of it of my God is in the heavens. The things of my God is in the heavens says the Spirit of the Lord. Thank you, Father. We give you glory. Bless you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Good evening. Please you can just welcome someone. Say I love you. With God's love. <coughs> Thank you, Father. Oh, so many carries. Kalihalamata. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Greetings to everybody online. You are welcome. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Um, are we ready for God's word tonight? Can you ask, just ask someone, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> are they ready? <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, let's see First Corinthians chapter 11.
praise God. I'll read from First Corinthians 11. I'll read from verse 23. Amen. It says, it says, For I have, this is Paul speaking, Amen. Amen. That for I have received of the Lord that which I also which also I delivered unto you. That the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do ye in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup, and when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Praise God. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he come. Amen. Uh, so this is part of the... Amen. Thank you. This is one of the ordinances that we have in the New Testament. Praise God. That, I mean, the things that we have to to do. I don't know what they call them in religion, but other religions, they have many things. But in Christianity, um, we don't have that many. I think we have baptism and we have this one. Is there any other one? I don't think there's any other one in the New Testament that the apostles um, were doing. Praise God. It's baptism, which is, a, I mean, in terms of symbolic things, right? Baptism and then this one. And those two things have to do with the same thing. They have to do with the same thing. The baptism and the, the Last Supper. They have to do, they actually both, um, they are both, uh, what do you call it, uh, metaphors or symbols of of the same thing, which is the one thing that Christianity is all about, praise God. Uh, so, and those things are not in themselves, they don't ha- carry value in themselves, like going to be baptized in water doesn't have value it doesn't add something to you rather it shows what you already have is a show right is a show of what has already happened both things you get that and that's where religion always makes mistake we always take things and switch them back and forth Mm. (laughs) religious people switch things back and forth so you see someone tell you have you been baptized if you don't if you've not been baptized then Maybe you don't have something or there's something baptism is also confer on you. 
that if you don't have baptism, then it doesn't confess it, which is not true. That's not what it's for. Baptism is to show, openly declare what has already happened. It's a symbol. It's actually a showing. After it has happened, you come to declare it openly. You come to show it. Same thing with this. He said, when you do this, you do show the lost death until it comes. Praise God. So, um, amen. So, uh, praise God. So, so these, these things are, are they're actually important. I, I want you to imagine out of, in the Jewish tradition, the, in the Jewish tradition, imagine all the many things they had to do. When you're just reading the book of, um, of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, reading those books, you can't even keep track of everything. Mm-hmm that they were told to do and they kept and they were keeping all those things constantly they had to keep them many many things praise god but now but in the new testament they didn't have we do it the way with with almost all of those things praise god and but then they introduced some new ones that and and they introduced that if and if we say it's about grace everything is in the spirit we don't need anything physical which is true in terms of our faith. But these symbols, um, I believe the Lord also brought forth symbol. Now, baptism started by, with, by John. Praise God. Do you agree? Baptism started by John the Baptist. Before John, the, John came, there was no baptism. No one was baptizing before John. There was no prophet like John. Of course, no one could baptize because... Of all men born of woman, there are none arisen like John. So no man had risen to the point where he could stand. John was standing at a position higher than men, than all men born of women. Both in his day and before his day, he was higher than them. Praise God. And, and height, what is, how do you measure height of men? Is sight. What you can see, that's the way you also measure, you can measure height in the natural. Two, praise God. When you talk about line of sight, the higher you go, the more the line of sight improves because you go above all the things that obstruct visibility. Praise God. In in the world of telecommunications, telecommunications guys will know what I'm talking about. Amen. So so sight height sight height. You can use high sight to measure height. Even how high you've arisen will determine how, how, what you can see, how clearly you can see, what things you can see. You have a vantage point by variety of sight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So he said there had been none arisen like unto John of all men born. means no man has ever had that height. And the, 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 the praise God, Hallelujah. the sign or the proof or the evidence of John's rise... Or his height was his awareness of the kingdom. Yes, sir. Of course, he didn't see the kingdom the same way someone who was born again would see it. Right? But he could sense it. For you to know something is at hand. You know, he, you know, he didn't say, I'm seeing the kingdom. He didn't describe the kingdom. He just said, it's at hand. Amen. So there's something below seeing the kingdom. Because except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom. Amen. Now that's so seeing the kingdom is a right of born again people. 
If anybody is not born again and they tell you I'm, and they are talking to you about the kingdom of God, tell them that you are a liar, you are and you are a you are a deceiver. You have no clue what you're talking about. Praise God. Hallelujah. And you know a lot of kingdom messages we preach. People who are not even born again can preach it. In fact, they preach it better. So and that's how to me I know it's not kingdom. Any message an unbeliever can preach. <laughs> He cannot be the kingdoms of God. <laughs> Praise God. Because except a man be born. And later he emphasized, you must be born again. You have to be born again. Because the, the sin of the kingdom is something that occurs to quicken spirit. It's something that quickening of spirit capacitates the soul to do. Praise the Lord. So, but John, of course, he couldn't see it. But John could perceive it. And of course, because of closeness, aroma, rising, height. Amen. So, and then after a while, he began to preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Now, of course, John was baptizing. And that baptism was, the Bible described it as baptism unto repentance. Right? It's, it was the baptism Unto repentance. It was the baptism of repentance. You know, it's not the water that was making them have, that was saying, now you enter, you are a repented fellow. You are repented because you've come out. <laughs> water has nothing to do with repentance. All right? Water and repentance, they have nothing to do. I mean, physical water has nothing to do with repentance. But it was, it was baptizing the baptism of repentance. Amen. Amen. I, I, I wonder, how did the thought of baptism enter into John's heart? Where did it come from? Have you ever seen anybody do it before? No. They, no, he has never... It's a foreign... Think about it. It's a foreign thing. Imagine something that has never happened before anywhere before. He didn't read it in any book. It's not part of any culture. It's not part in the Jewish literature. Moses did not add it. It's not added to the Jewish instruction. Where did the thought of baptism come from? How did, jo- how did John find it? He found the thought of baptism. Because baptism is a kingdom thought. Praise God. The word baptism, baptizo, I think that's the Latin, is called to immerse. So, full immersion. Praise God. Taking the whole. That's what, the, that's what baptism symbolizes. So, that's a kingdom thought, right? Is also a dominion thought. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. It's a, when you have you ever someone, have you ever watched someone being baptized before? Mm-hmm. When they are entering the water, the water has taken them. It's like the water opens and swallows them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? It's a, it's an immersion. That is a that is a dominion operation where you where you are fully delved into something. Amen. Amen. So, so what, uh, if I can try and maybe by the Spirit almost peruse into John's, John's perception, what, what was the prophet feeling? You know, from in the wilderness, what, what meant, what the Spirit inspires, the Spirit inspired feeling in the wilderness is not the same feeling that men in the city eating chicken and, and grapes and koyam and Every pears and bread and all that. Mm. Amen. Mm. <laughs> it's not the same kind of feeling 
that they have. So, of, of course, the wilderness was a place where the nurturing of the, where the, I, I can perceive, I can see the breeze of the kingdom blowing in the wilderness. Right? It came to him. It came to John. So when Annas and Cephas were priests in Jerusalem, they were priests in Jerusalem, the word of the Lord came unto John in the wilderness. Amen. Now, what is that word of the Lord? Amen. That, that word of the Lord, I believe it's the spirit, is the spirit of the, is the spirit of kingdom message that was have gone to the wilderness. It was looking for a resting place. Amen. And then they found, wow, a man had a reason, praise God, that can, that can bear the aroma, that can smell, praise God, Hallelujah. the thought of the kingdom. I'm sure John could not resolve the thought of the kingdom, but John could perceive the thought of the kingdom because of training in the wilderness. Praise the Lord. So, um, you see, that baptism, um, like I was saying, that it wasn't, he didn't copy it from anywhere. He just came to him. It means that what, I believe what he was feeling was that there is a desire of God to immerse men in something. Mm. Do you see that? There is a, there is a desire in, of heaven. You know, John could feel the wind of heaven. He was a, a man. He was so, praise God, he was, he was so developed spiritually in the, that contrary to men's development that he was even manifesting in his natural behavior. Even, he doesn't wear men's clothes. He, he wears the cloth of the wilderness. What the wilderness thinks, right? What does he wear? Camel skin, right? Camel, do you see camel? Even the animal skin he wears does not live in the city. How many of you have seen camel before in the city? Praise God. Amen. It doesn't matter which country you go to. There's no country where camels just are in people's backyard and all. It's hard. Unless people who live in the wilderness, right? And you know, camels, those animals are animals that are developed to handle the terrain of the wilderness. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so it, takes, it, takes such, it, it took such a tuning in John to perceive it took such a tuning in John to perceive the movement of heaven to perceive the movement of heaven to perceive the movement of God what God wanted to bring about in that time and and this lesson the lesson here is very important and this lesson is is always going to be important at every phase of your life at every phase of your so what is the message to me is the message of John it's the message of John for for every gener- especially for every generation that is heaven is putting the task to bring for an advent of this of the spirit when i say an advent i mean to when when it's time when they want to do a new thing on the earth the guys who should carry it before it has being published, the guys who should you know that's the position John was, and and in John's time, there there are a few people who were waiting for 
the Messiah, but they none of them were uh, none of them had a reason like John. Amen. In other words, you see, there are a few people who, when Jesus Christ came, they identified it. They said they had been praying, they had been waiting. Praise God. But it's none of them that they said, and the, the, the child grew and it was waxing strong in spirit. And then that went into the wilderness and remained in the wilderness until the time of his showing unto Israel. Praise God. There were none of those men fulfilled all those things. Are you seeing that? But it took John to do it. Amen. Amen. And, and, that, and John, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. John was a necessity for that generation. Ask me why. Why is he a necessity? Because he was the voice crying out. He asked him, who are you? Who are you really? Are you, one of, are you, are you an incarnate prophet? Are you one of the prophets that, that, uh, that came? You know, every time, you know, men like to, they like to resolve things into what they understand. Praise God. And so we know that John was not just a prophet. When Jesus was asking, who do you go to see in the wilderness? Are you going to see a prince? Are you going to see someone? You know, but he said, you're going to see a prophet. He said, even not just a prophet. Yeah, more than a prophet. Praise God. Yeah, what? More. Yeah, more than a prophet. Yeah, more. Than a prophet. I, I believe that more than a prophet means something. Praise God. It means, he, they said, yeah, he didn't say he's not a prophet. He said that John is a prophet. But yeah, more than what? Than a prophet. Now, there are people who, so if you, if you check it out, those guys who were expecting the Messiah, I think there was one called um, Simon, right? Who was the other one? Anna, right? You see those people. You know they were prophets. Do you know that? Do you know that those people they they were what they were doing? They were not prophesying, but they were living out prophetic life. Do you know? Do you know what it took in such a time to be waiting for the Messiah in faith? You've not gone out to, to market like other um, Jews. You've not gone to set up your own stand and table in the temple. To sell your own birds and to sell your own cows and goats. You've not forgotten about God. Are you, are you getting that? So it's not every prophet that is shouting, Hey, it all says the Lord. Those people were also prophets, right? Because they were, they were living prophetically. They were carrying anticipation of the will of heaven. Anybody, anybody whose heart you can find heaven's will alive in them is a prophet any soul any heart in which the will of heaven is living any heart in which the will you know, it's not it's not every heart who's in whose god's will is alive it's not every christian that has that has the will of god ablaze on the inside of them praise god but when you find a heart in whom that carries the will in the living will on the inside of them. That's, a, that's the real meaning of a prophet. Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So those guys were prophets. But there was one who was more than a prophet. Yes, sir. Now. He was more than a prophet. I think because he was able to do what it would take. Mm. 
to bring Jesus, to bring the Messiah the first time. He was able to do. What was he able to do? According to the Bible, he was able to... He said, I'm the voice crying out. All right? In the wilderness. So what was the meaning of that? I'm the voice crying out. The voice crying out in the wilderness. Means he's not just someone who is crying out. What makes him able to cry out is because of wilderness life. It's wilderness preparation. Praise God. You know that, that crying out. I mean, what, what, his crying out wasn't it only just shouting. It manifested. It manifested in the, the operation of preparation of the people who the Messiah should come for. So, in other words, there is a walk. means the, the prophetic life now began to translate into carrying out of prophetic activity for the bringing of the Lord. So he was able to make straight the path, to prepare the way, make straight the path for the Lord. Do you know that for him to come again, he came before, but he has to come again. For him to come again, there will also be the operation of the word, the spirit of John. How many of us agree with that? There will also be an operation. There will also be the days of John. Again. Or the book of Malachi, the end of Malachi calls it the day of what? Of Elijah. Right? Praise God. He went forth in the spirit and the power of Elias. That's that Elias spirit, praise God. That Elias spirit is a necessary spirit um, for times of his coming. You know that Malachi chapter 4 was speaking about the, that day of the Lord, that great day of the Lord when it will come first, which will burn as what? As a fire. Amen. Amen. Can you read it? Malachi chapter 4. Malachi chapter 4, praise God. Amen. Amen. Malachi 4, it says, For behold, the day cometh for that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly, shall be, as, shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, and he shall leave them neither root nor branch. It says, But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up. As, are you seeing that? You shall go forth. Now, when he says, but to you that fear my name, he's talking about the remnant. These are the Johns. These are the John the Baptists of this, of this season. Uh, do you agree with that? These are the John the Baptists. Those, those who fear his name, they shall now go and they shall grow up. That word grow up means they will also arise. I don't know if you agree. Praise God. Now, do you know that Patterns of coming, they are the same. They are the same because it's according to, it's according to, the, to divine discipline. How the, how the, how, how, how the heaven, how God does things. God doesn't just do anything. He doesn't just decide, I want to do this now, I want to do that. Even though you can see, well, he's, 
is all whatever all he can do anything he wants but <laughs> he can't doesn't do anyone he is instructed by something what instructs him is his life and that life is a, is a is prophetic there's something in god that tells him what to do and if he dares not do it he has sinned right that's why so god does not sin Praise God. It's like the same way when God sent his son here, there was a standard. It's not like you are here doing anything. No, no. There is still a standard. You must, if he cares not taking you, can still sin. Because there is a divine standard. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So that's why, it's because of that, that's why prophet, prophetic times and seasons play out the way they do. That's why things follow patterns. Because there is a, a set will in heaven. And in God, which things follow. Praise God. So, so this second season of visitation will also happen. Right? It's going to happen as well. And amen. amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 5 said, And I will send you Elias, Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Do you see that? I will send you who? Elijah the prophet. Before the what? The coming of the great for the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. You wonder why 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 they always use Elijah, Elijah, Elijah as a standard for the prophetic. Because Elijah was the greatest of the prophets. Praise God. Elijah was the great. It's an interesting thing, is it not? Because Elijah did not really preach. Have you ever read the book of Elijah? Have you ever, have you ever listened to one Elijah's message? Praise God. He, he, he never preached any message. You never saw him. In fact, he, as, as if he wasn't even warning Israel. Just one day, he just got angry and killed all the, all the prophets of Baal. Amen. Praise God. So maybe, maybe, amen. amen. Maybe we'd have thought a New Testament preacher person would say, Yeah, Elijah should have preached to them. He didn't even try to win them, he just set them off. You know, he set them off, right? Yes. <laughs> he said they should come and come. He did, he did it as if it's a, you know, it's a contest, right? <laughs> and he knows. He knows how to catch those guys because those guys they like to display. They like to display themselves. Amen. And I'm, I'm sure I see that thing called calling fire from heaven. It's possible that those guys have been doing it before. I, I can bet you that if they've not been doing that, that they, they won't accept it. And, I, and Elijah won't have used that as a test. If it was such a strange yeah, fire coming from heaven, who will go? They wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Means those guys might have been readily calling lying fires yeah. down from heaven. Yeah. You get that? Yeah. Maybe it was even a daily thing for them. Until a prophet came and said, Come and do it. <laughs> By the time Elijah said came and said, Do it, what will happen? All the evil spirits, all the demons that help that brings the fire down will take off. <laughs> Alright? There's something I think there's something that Elijah must have done. Elijah must have stood against all the demonic operations that was that that those guys were using. 
He planned to kill them from the beginning. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And I'm sure he didn't even bother to preach. What kind of prophet is that? Uh, that will tell you something. The greatest prophets, they prophesy with their acts. The, 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 the highest kind of prophet is the doing prophet. The doing. The doing prophet. I'm sure even Israel at that time wasn't worthy of Elijah's voice. Amen. Amen. So he set them up, come and call fire. They prayed, and why would they sit there praying to their bar? Bar, ba, you've been doing, you've been doing this thing since now. What's going on? He said, "Don't worry, maybe Ba went to market. He went to, he traveled. He was mocking them. Praise God." But meanwhile, he knows what he has done. He knows that he has shut down the spirits who were doing, who were doing that. Amen. And then when it was time, just little prayer. Heaven. So there was something about Elijah and heaven. Do you agree? How many of you agree? There was something about Elijah and heaven. That can make fire come down from heaven. You can't make fire come down from heaven if you don't know about heaven. That kind of operation, is not, that's not working of miracle or gift of the spirit. Have you ever seen someone who has gift of the spirit that can call fire from heaven? Someone can have anointing to lay hands on the sick and they recover. It's not the same thing as calling fire down from heaven. To, to bring things down from heaven is a sign of height of men. It means that such a man was a little lower. He was close to being just a little lower than angels just a little lower it was that same thing we we're speaking about last time he was close to that place so he could smell the what happened in heaven praise god it means that elijah must have been relating a lot with angels do you know that maybe it's one, maybe it's one of his friends who threw the fire <laughs> you know it's possible Maybe he discussed with the friend, how do we deal with all these prophets? And the friend, maybe an angel, say, well, no. to me, I feel like that fire might have come from the realm of, of dominions. <laughs> I don't think it came from maybe seraphims or that. I don't think you, need, you don't need seraphic fire to consume that sacrifice. That kind of thing, praise God. I think seraphims might be higher than that. So it must have been maybe one, one dominion. Or a might or something. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Mm-hmm. Because the fire of seraphim, they don't, they don't throw it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Praise God. It's inside them. It's their seraph- <laughs> seraphims. The fire is them. That they are the- so that's seraphic fire of the second heaven. That's not the kind of fire that they throw. Yeah. Praise to come and consume sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, amen. amen. But you, you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. Uh, that... Um, so there's something about Elijah and heaven, and what and that thing is, is rise, right? And that's also the reason why, after a while, the fi- a fire came down and took him to heaven as well. It's because of height. 
because of how he was very close to heaven. He was very close to heaven. For you, you can't be taken to heaven if you are not close to heaven. You must be close to heaven. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, so you see that Elijah, Eli, say Elijah. Elijah. Another type of Elijah, but in another form, was Moses. But Moses was, was in a different form from Elijah. But he was also a man. Moses was also a man close to heaven as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. So, so they are saying here in the book of Malachi, chapter 4. So he says that I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. So you see, Elijah the prophet, is, this prophecy has not been fulfilled yet. It has been fulfilled in a sense, in the sense of... So whatever scriptures apply, prophetic scripture apply to the first coming of Jesus they apply but even more accurately to the second coming of Christ. So whatever applies to the first coming, they apply even more accurately to the word, to the second coming. Because it's the same pattern. When you see coming, they are coming follows pattern. Coming follows what? Coming follows pattern. Now you see this Elijah the prophet which he will send you, is not just a man now, when it comes to the second coming, it's going to be a people who are possessed with the spirit of Elijah. It's going to be people who are what? Possessed with what? Who have the same kind of spirit. Who have the same kind of spirit. The same kind of spirit of Elijah. Praise God. Hallelujah. The kind of spirit of Elijah is the spirit of repentance. Like repentance that can a spirit that can make others to turn. So we said he would turn the heart of the fathers to the children. Do you see that? And the heart of the children to the fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a cause. Amen. Amen. So um so John, who had this same spirit, because he had a reason. Say a reason. So one of the signs of Elijah's is rise. One of the signs of Elijah's. Praise God. Are you hearing me? One of the signs of Elijah's is capacity rising more than others are rising. They are, and it's not by their own doing. It's by Grace, like Elijah of old, you saw he had mantle. There was a mantle that he had, something that was endowed to him by heaven. Amen. And I, I don't, I don't believe God gives mantle anyhow. Of course, there must have been a a, a measure, alignment between mantle and stature. Right, stature would have been necessary to handle the mantle. Praise God. Amen. Now, so. Arise, say arise, see here, you see that they shall go up, so those who fear my name, these are the son of righteousness will arise, 
with healing, what? In his wings, and then you shall go forth and grow up. You shall go forth, and then you shall grow up. So the sign is non arisen, like unto John. So the sign of this, this if I can call them John, <laughs> praise God, John's or Elijah's or whatever you want to call them, or you can, there are many names, the forerunners, yeah. praise God, uh, or people who prepare way. Um, of course, this way is, where are they preparing the way? They are preparing the way for the Lord. Amen. First of all, they have to prepare the way in themselves. First of all. Do you agree? Yes. And then they are able to now reconcile men. They are able to make men, bring men to repentance and make men come to alignment with that way. Praise the Lord. So, so that coming forth, going forth and growing up is, uh, is a very important sign. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are we making sense today? Yes, so John uh, was, he had that perception. Praise God. And that was how he started uh, baptizing. So, and the point I want to make about baptism is that baptism itself is not the repentance. But baptism is the sign. Right? When it was the, John, the water of John was was. For, for John did baptize you with water unto repentance. But one is coming who will baptize you with what? Holy Ghost and with fire. Now, baptizing with water unto repentance. That word unto repentance, baptizing with water, is not, that doesn't mean it's the water that's making you repent. What I'm saying is that water is, represents repentance. Right. So, of course, what made people repent was, was because John was a turner. That Malachi 4 verse 6, which is the, the, the characteristic of the spirit of Elijah and the power of Elijah is turning spirit, stirring spirit. Amen. It's what? It's turning spirit. And it's what? Stirring spirit. It shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with. So are you seeing that turning is what you call repentance? Is is repentance. Amen. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. So um so you saw that that um John baptism was a type, but then there is the baptism that is also a symbol when you get born again. Is a symbol of something, right? Something which the cup and the bread or the table of communion also symbolizes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, let's read. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians 11. God, they say amen. amen. So, um, in verse 23, Paul is saying here that I received of the Lord. Now, Paul is, is uh, now, something about what Paul says here. So, he said, I received of the Lord. What does this mean? That I received of the Lord. Now, if you want to trace back to where communion came from, 
it came from um it, it at that time it was a culture among the disciples right mainly among the 12 because those were the ones who Jesus did it with and they're the ones who Jesus physically to do this be doing this thing and all that praise God remember even at the last supper and all but but Paul is, is making note here that I received the Lord so it means that in the seasons when the Lord was visiting him right after I got born again and when he said he pleased him to reveal his son in me and all that praise the Lord and in those seasons which the Lord fulfilled when he which he had promised before when he said which I appear and I will appear to you again. The times when the Lord Jesus must have come and taught Paul the scriptures and imparted unto him gift, apostolic gift. Praise God. Amen. Uh, imparted unto him what? Apostolic gift. I mean, I think that apostolic gift is not imparted without, it's not imparted without teaching. It's not imparted without. Nobody can come and say, I'm an apostle. Mm -hmm. How? The Lord appeared to me and called me. Mm -hmm. That does not make anybody an apostle. Mm -hmm. Right? You can't, you don't have an apostle. God can say, I want to make you an apostle. And, and he came to me. God can say that in your dream. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make you an apostle yet. Mm -hmm. To become an apostle, you must have been taught mm -hmm. by the Lord. Praise the Lord. You must have been taught by the Lord to be his apostle. So the Lord taught Paul, but he didn't just teach him. He also passed certain things to him as well. Now, you see that thing of breaking of bread? There's something about the breaking, about the breaking of bread. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's something about the breaking of bread and that is um, that has a strong tie to the activity of revelation. The, something about breaking of bread. If you, are, if you tie it together, you see you see that it's very clear that Jesus must have been breaking bread with, with him. I believe so. I believe that was in it. That was that's part of the post-resurrection attitude, behavior of Jesus Christ. That's what he was doing. Revelation with bread. Breaking of bread. So here we are seeing it that Jesus did it with Paul too. Because he said, I have received of the Lord. He didn't say, I, Peter and James taught me. All right. He said that I have received. It's possible that if Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, if they did not write about the Lord's Supper, right? If they didn't write about it, praise God. Hallelujah we wouldn't have been able to find the origins of it. Because they were the people. That seemed to me like a practice among the disciples. I don't even know if he practiced it among all the disciples because when he did it, it, it was the 12 who were with him. The Bible records that. 
right? Yes. So that was a privilege. So that was one thing Jesus was doing with the twelve. I think he wasn't doing with all the other, and he had many. He had hundreds. I don't know if he was, well, he had hundreds of disciples. So whenever you see, when you see the word disciples in the Bible, they don't always refer to the twelve. A lot of times they refer to more than the twelve. There were many. But so, so I believe a lot of times when it has to do with the twelve, they mention it that the twelve, the twelve. Praise God. So, so there was something that he kept for the twelve, right? Which he was constantly doing with them. Now, this that act of the of breaking bread, it is infused with with some significance. It is actually a supernatural. There's a supernatural element to the observance of it. Praise God, Hallelujah. because it does show the Lord's death. It does show the Lord's death. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And then Jesus, He said, "Do this in remembrance." So it's that activity. It brings a remembrance, a remembrance of Him. And that remembrance is not, I don't think it's just memory. There's something about that remembrance. It is a spiritual, it means that, that, that activity, praise God. Do you know that? Many of you know that doing physical things can have spiritual significance. If three people can gather and pray, they hold hands, right, and then open their mouth and begin to speak about something, it can make a shift in the spirit. Isn't that a physical thing? And it can make a shift in the spirit that, that, that might not have happened if they didn't come together and do that physical thing. Do you agree with me? Like that coming together and praying is also a physical thing. Even though you won't take it as a, almost like something like this, like baptism and all that. And also because all other religions do it. We just see it as just one of the things. A normal thing. No, but that is also one of the things in Christianity. Praise God. Hallelujah. That is part of the things that are ordained for us to do. Yeah. Is to come together and pray together physically. When you come together and pray together physically. Praise God. Yeah. In all these days of coronavirus and online church and all that. Thank God for that. But I believe it's just for a season. Like you know, on, uh, there's, online churches can never be a... There will never be a time when... That you know, people with secular mind, people I don't know how people think. Maybe people, some people think, I don't know, you know, some people will say, at the future of the church, you no know, church needs to move out of, you need to stop thinking about you know, the <laughs> praise God, <laughs> you know, that we are too, you know, we need to advance, we need to move quickly, you know, they say that even. We shouldn't be ahead of the world. We who can meet in the spirit. So why are we even being constrained by it? God is not the church building. That's not the church is not a building. You know all those kind of things. You know guys who are smarter than the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Holy Ghost who design church and design everything. So men are, are smarter and more spiritual than the Holy Spirit. So they feel like maybe we can just all just be meeting online and all to have the same impact because. Fellowship with God in the Spirit, we are all connected in the Spirit and all that. No, praise God. Yeah. There's something that about coming together physically, 
when you come together physically, like in a meeting right now, like in this meeting we are in, what can happen here because we are together, the way that the what can be released is a spiritual thing, but our physical obedience in coming physically can cause a release of something spiritual because God designed it that way. Amen. Are you, are you seeing that? So, so it's also possible. This thing about the Lord's table, there's something about the Lord's table. And I, I strongly believe that we haven't even yet began to explore the table of the Lord yet as much. All we just need is Holy Communion. Just Holy Communion. We sing songs, they share the bread and all that. Amen. You pray and then you eat. And, and if you have sicknesses, you pray, God, heal me. Of course, the Bible says that by your stripes you are healed and all. Amen. Thank God for that. that that's, not the end of the, that's not the end of the table. That's not the end of the table. There will be a time that when we do it, the kind of things that used to happen when Jesus did it, the few times he did it. Praise God. The times when he did it. Praise God. Powerful. Powerful. Do you know that that last supper, that last supper, that thing called the last supper, I'm sure he was eating with them, right? So there were many suppers. Do you agree? Maybe it was even a normal thing. He just eats with them and he breaks bread every day, every day, every day, breaking bread. But that one they call the last supper, with that part, the way he did that particular one, there was a spiritual significance to it, right? That thing, it, that supper, is what opened the door to him being offered. We, before that supper, if you, you, I believe you could have carried all the Roman armies to try and kill Jesus. You wouldn't be able to kill him. Before that supper, do you agree? It was by that supper, the, 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 the way, the allowance, the, the authorization of heaven for the Lamb of God to be offered, for the Son of God to be given, was that that was the time. You see, in, in the, praise God. Amen. Amen. Last supper. Was it the last supper he dipped this in a broth and told Judas, right? Whatever you do now, go and do it quickly. What was that sign? He dipped something in a broth, like the same inside the blood. He means he took the bread, soaked it with blood. And gave it and said, Now go. Are you, see, are you seeing? So that there's something about that thing. And when he came back, of course, he must have been doing it that supping with Paul, combined with the opening 
of the ministry of revelation, teaching him the scripture, and then breaking bread with him. How many of you believe that? Breaking bread with him and the teaching, revelation, teaching, and the breaking of bread together. Remember the disciples on the way to Emmaus? It was that was also post resurrection. Do you, do you see that at the point when he broke the bread, something happened? It was at that time, that was when the real enlightenment was in just that act of, you know, what, what did breaking bread do? What is it, why, can, why is breaking bread suddenly so, so powerful? Because it shows something. It shows something. It shows something. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see the disciples, they, now, they try to carry it on after Pentecost. You see, they went to the world. Continued in doctrine. And see what they married there? The doctrine of the apostle and the breaking of bread. Are you seeing that now? The apostles' doctrine and the breaking of bread. So it means that when they sit down for to teach doctrine, they were always breaking bread with it. It means at the teaching of doctrine, they were always showing the Lord's death. They were always showing it with the breaking of bread. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I suspect and I perceive that that time of supper, supping with Jesus while he was still in the flesh, even before the Last Supper, it was a tradition of Jesus teaching the twelve. The other times when the Bible recorded of teaching, most of the time when he was teaching disciples, you know there's the, what he did with multitudes, which he didn't teach too much, more of miracles. Then there are the instances, mainly in Matthew, you saw where he went and then his disciples came. Was it just the twelve that came? No. It was his disciples. There must have been many. But when it came to times of teaching, of teaching the twelve, I want you to picture, when would it happen? Do you think there were many times when Jesus was outside and then people wouldn't come? I'm sure once his disciples here, he's landing, they are all following. So disciples were the guys who were following him more closely and there were many of them. But he found time for the twelve. I believe the time Jesus had with the twelve, probably daily, was at the supper time. At the supper time. I believe at that supper time, that's the time when John was always sitting, resting here by his breast. I believe that's the time when Jesus was teaching the twelve. 
because there were, there were conversations around around that. And the conversation on that table would have been different from the other conversations. It was on that table that he was asking her, was saying that no man knew at the time and all that. It wasn't, that was when someone was asking John to ask Jesus the question. <laughs> so he maybe might have been question and answer, just teaching, praise God, around the table you get. So, and Jesus must have done that with it with he did that with a lot of praise god am i are we making sense today i'm teaching the scripture these are all things in the bible right um so jesus must have been doing that you know when you do that when you keep doing that for a long time and always at the, at the time of breaking bread you are do breaking of bread with teaching breaking of bread with teaching Breaking of bread with teaching. If something, can, something happens to the people that the method of breaking bread can develop a significance. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. That is aligned with teaching. It's, it's symbolic, but it is symbolism that can activate things. Symbolism that can what? Activate things. That can activate things. I'll give you an example. When you kneel down to pray, mm. like if you f- develop the habit of kneeling to pray, there's something about kneeling to pray that it might not, to you, standing and just praying might not have the same kind of personal impact than cannot might not have the same kind of personal impact as kneeling. Now it's not about God. It's not that maybe God won't hear you. It's not about it's just about what has been developed. The sign of you surrendering in your knees under God. You get, it's not the kneeling down. God sees more than knees being kneeled. He sees heart. It doesn't look on the outward. But there's something about that to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Praise God. And then, then you came to the final supper, the last supper, which now was endowed with even more significance. Because at that last supper, that's when Jesus now, he, now he brought the highest revelation. Let's say, out of everything he has been teaching them, Maybe they've not, maybe they didn't understand most of it. Maybe they must have kept them. You know, you know when you put something in a person, there are different places something can sit in a human being, right? I can bet you that everything Jesus taught those disciples, the twelve, they were not lost. They were inside them. It it might not have reached its its destination in them because of weakness. To bear them. Right? Witness. You know when Jesus said, I have many things to say to you, but you can't be. He didn't say, I will stop talking. He didn't say, he didn't say therefore I speak not anymore. 
he didn't say therefore we'll just be looking at each other now no more talking because you guys are not fit to hear me no i'm sure he was still talking to them but he was just just letting you know i see all these many things i have to say you can't bear them now someone needs to come that will make you a bearer of these things it doesn't mean that they have forgotten it doesn't mean that he's just speaking and he's wasting his words. He was teaching them. And imagine Jesus teaching them every night. Teaching them. Now, what, did Jesus, what were Jesus' exact words in that Matthew chapter 16? He said that, I have many things to say, but you cannot bear them now. How be it when the spirit of truth, then he will now guide you. He won't speak of himself, but he said he will take off. You glorify me. Receive of my and declare them. Praise God. Um, what is that place where you say you shall bring to your remembrance? All the things which I have spoken. Where is that, what, that place? Huh? Okay, read it for me. John fourteen twenty six. Uh huh. The Holy Ghost. Yes, in my name. Shall teach you all, all things, things and bring all things, all things to your remembrance, whatsoever, whatsoever I have said. It means Jesus was saying them. Yes. Right? Yes. You, you, so you see those all things, things. <laughs> it means that it will bring them to your remembrance. Now he, that comforter, that, that one who knows how to drive them, to the depths of your soul. But what he will do, is not everything, to those apostles or disciples, it's not everything that was just fresh. Many things are things that Jesus had said, which made no sense to them. That was, I believe, one of the main ways that they were able to verify Paul. I, I, I perceive Paul might not have been the first person who might have come and say, well, I just met with Jesus. Jesus, uh, Jesus. <laughs> it's possible. <laughs> you know those Jewish guys, they are rascally in nature. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> so that would be, why must you guys be that, Ill, that elite? Why must you just be, you know, just 12, 120? What's special about you guys? Some guys that want to break into that place. So I can bet you that Paul's arrival wasn't the first time that someone came to them claiming dealings with Jesus. <laughs> but there is a way that they were able to confirm he was accurate. Paul must have been saying things to them. That had only transpired on the supper table with Jesus. Things that they are too sure no man knows these things on the earth. 
Things that even we, we didn't even understand when he was talking about them. You know, when Jesus was, they always ask him wrong questions. <laughs> <laughs> Off topic when Jesus is talking. But Jesus had to endure them. <laughs> to prove that they are not understanding what he's saying. Amen. Amen. But, they, but then Paul must have come and then must have begun to speak with, with, to, to them about those things. Or we, we, with even, with even, what they must have discerned on Paul was authority. What is authority? He has his link with the author. Authorization from the author. Of the author. He had authority with those things. Amen. Are you seeing that? So it means that means that when Paul came, they were able to confirm him that this guy, he also has the the nature of fellows of that table. Because I'm sure Jesus must have been when he was teaching him, must have been setting his own table for Paul. The same thing he was doing, teaching Paul as well. So Paul is saying here, let's read First Corinthians. Thank you, our Father. Shemenista Faros. Kariana Mahata. Kariosta Thank you, Jesus. So, 1 Corinthians 11, right? So, this Paul speaking now, he says that, For I have received of the Lord, Amen, that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks when he had given thanks thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you when he had given thanks amen why, why was he giving thanks because of the significance of what he was about to do. I'm sure what he was thanking God for was what the cup means and what the bread means. It's, it's something worth thanking, thanking God for. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Then he said, these do in remembrance. Praise God. These do in what? In remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as what? As often as you drink it in Remembrance of me. Praise God.
24, then 25. Read to, let's see 24. Holy Spirit, thank you. Father, we thank you. It's 24. Let's look at, let's look at it. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it. This is my body, which is broken for you. This is my this is my body, which is broken for you. Which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. This is my body which is broken for you. It's, my body is broken for you. It is broken for you. Praise God. Then verse 25. Then after the same manner, he took the cup and he sobbed saying, This is the New Testament in my blood. Right? This is the New Testament in my blood. Then this do ye. And as oft as ye drink it. In remembrance. So he's talking about added something else when it came to the blood. It's as oft as you drink it. As oft as you drink it. Now, the body was broken to release the blood. Praise God. For every for every person the body is broken once to release the blood but the administration of the blood is done often mm-hmm. that would as often is I, I perceive if you maybe if you're able to travel with that word, he's talking about continuity. If maybe if you're able to really trace the word down, he's talking about because the body was broken, the blood flows. The body was broken, so the blood can flow. The body was broken, so the blood can can travel, can flow. Are, are you getting me now? There's a connection between the body and the blood. Right? So the body was broken to let the blood flow. But the receiving of the dividend of the, the blood is done progressively. Mm-hmm. The blood is transcendent. In terms of the praise God, in terms of its operations, it is more transcendent in terms of its operations. Mm. 
Amen. 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 Say blood. Blood. Say body. Body. Do you know that it was the body of Jesus that bore your sin, not his blood? The sin was on his body. I think the Bible says that yeah. we bore it on his, his body on the cross. Mm-hmm. Your, the mm-hmm. body that bore sin. So that it can be broken. How many of us believe that? Yes, Amen. Amen. We're going. We're going to go deep into spiritual thoughts now. Okay, so be willing to travel between real reality, metaphor, symbolism, reality, spiritual reality, and physical um, symbolism, because when you're reading the Bible, it's probably Paul's language. All the scripture, they travel skillfully between those two things. When Paul is writing, it's not every time he slows down and says, Okay, now I'm explaining this one is a symbol, this one is not. Paul just talks by the Spirit. Yes. There's a way it's coded because it is written to be revealed. Yes. So it's, it's written in such a way that it's only those who this thing concerns who should know what they are talking about. <laughs> it's not, the Bible is not written, for every, it's not written for every Tom, Dick, and Harry to just open it and know what. The God's secret is. It's written in such a way that it, it takes the scripture, the spirit, sorry. So the, the, all these things are used. You know, you know the whole design. When, when you see someone physically being beaten, physically carrying a cross, physically dying, who, was, who is operating, who is doing those things? It's Holy Ghost. It's scripture mind, right? Do you get that? Yes. The, the physical things Jesus did is for scripture. How many of you believe that? Right? It's not that when they beat him, ah, they slap him, they break his body, then one sin has been removed from you. That's not the thing. Do you get that? Uh-huh. The things Jesus did to take away your sin are spiritual. They are spiritual things that he was doing. But, they, but when he now came out to the physical playing out, it's Holy Ghost who was writing script for the purpose of scriptures. He's encoding mysteries into the physical activity of the man that align with spiritual reality. Are, are you getting me? That's why clever mind can never understand the Bible. Because when you will join it, when, when you, you'll be following it, then when you break into the, re, the spiritual reality, you'll get lost. and say, what am I doing here? <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Praise God. That's the point where professors get angry and close the book. Amen. Amen. When you talk about how a man was a nice guy and people did not like him so they, they, they now set him up and then they beat him and then they, uh, a philosopher can, with his glasses can be shaking head ears I, un- I can understand that, I get that that makes sense and the one you start talking about that debt having to do with the sins of the world wait, 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 wait. sins of who? 
They now explain for it has to do with spirits that are being raised from the dead. Spirit. Be, you get what I'm saying? You, when you, you take it into the reality, you lose people. There, so so there's, you can never follow the The Bible is not a book where you, you open chapter 1, verse 1, and then you start following logical thoughts to the end of the book. There's one point where you will stop and get offended. As long as you're a natural man. There's, you always hit something that will just... <laughs> usually is when they switch into the, the things that require dosage of faith and grace to comprehend. Those matters, those reality, that's where the flesh, the natural man, the intelligence stops. And they can't travel that journey. Amen. But thank God for help. I know we can travel and we can journey. And, and we won't misunderstand. Amen. We won't misappropriate what the Spirit is saying. We will understand it well. Amen. And it will be profitable Amen. to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so the body was broken. What, what bore the sins was in the blood. The blood did not, did not carry the sin. The blood was the answer to the sin which fell upon the body. Do you get that? The sins of the world killed him. It is his blood that revived him. It is what was inside him, what was flowing within his streams. The streams of his, his inward waters were pure righteousness, untainted. Even though he was carrying the sin on his body, you know, God was asking the Father, Father, why have thou forsaken me? But the Father turned his eye away from that thing on the cross. Right? But the Father's attention came back at some point. What was able to get the Father's attention back? The voice of the blood. Is the voice of the blood that traveled to heaven to bring down the glory of the Father that made resurrection happen? What was the voice that there is a righteous man in heaven? And that blood is powerful. <laughs> what is the power of the blood? That righteous blood can turn sin to righteousness. The body of sin. It transformed the body. See, it became sin for us. He who knew no sin, that we should become the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. So, so you see, so when you see that body, you don't talk about blood. When you're talking about in the scripture, you know, Paul was the guy who wrote this, <laughs> that we are all learning mm. by the Spirit. Is one Paul is the guy who explained resurrection. Is mm. one who explained death. Mm. Right? He, he, uh, Paul explained the technology of how they handle sin and death. Mm. That was Paul. Paul who is one who wrote it out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So when you see when they are talking about the body, the body. 
check the language. When they're talking about the answer, is the blood. When they talk about who carried it, is the body. Who bore it, is the body. What was broken, was the body. It's in alignment with the prophecy of the prophet in Isaiah. Right. Was bruised for our iniquity. That's all bruised. That also is the body. The chastisement for our peace. By his stripes, you were healed. Amen. Amen. Now, the body was broken. This is is my point. The reason why his body was broken is so that his blood can be released. Now, what is in that blood transcended the present. Or it transcends the present. Now, I want, to sh- I want to show you this. Do you know that Christ was, in terms of, as a man, when he was on the earth, he was an Adam. I was saying last time, it's an Adam who died. Right? But he was an Adam that was carrying some different, a divine and a spiritual DNA inside of him. The man who, was, who went to die on the cross is not Adam in terms of just equal to Adam. It is what Adam could have become. This was God's plan. God's plan was for Adam to become greater than what he was when he was made a living soul by virtue of his relating with the tree of life. The tree of life was supposed to make an Adam better. Right? And God's design was supposed to be to help Adam make him better before he starts reproducing. Because one of his purpose was to replenish the earth, but God has a goal of what kind of seed should replenish the earth. The seed who was supposed to replenish the earth, or to, to be honest, Adam was supposed to be the it was a type of the Messiah, a kind of the Messiah. But he was supposed to grow into it through the tree of life. The tree is the conveyor of messianic nature. Is the is what conveys messianic nature, the, the tree of life. That word messianic means anointed, anointed nature, choosing nature. 
God wanted to develop Adam to a point where he can anoint him. Mm. And will, when he anoint him, he will become the progenitor. Is that the right word? Right? The progenitor. He will become the one who will be the publisher, the spreader of God's genetics on the earth to a point where multiplication of divine men happens on the earth and those men subdue the earth. Replenish it and subdue it. Then when they have done still subdued it, God will come and reap all of them. That was the plan. God's plan wasn't for Cain and Nimrods and Nebuchadnezzars and, and those people to be roaming the earth. That wasn't God's plan. For <laughs> Jezebels and Praise God. God's plan was for Adam to become the righteousness of God fully. Are you getting it? In that tree was the doorway from, from the first man into the second man. That tree is the doorway from the first man to the second man. Adam was also past that door. And, and followed process, right? Because God was brought Adam as a seed of the first so that he can become the second through development. And then replenish the earth with righteous men and subdue it. Praise God. Hallelujah. That was the plan, but he didn't do it. Then Jesus of Nazareth came. What Adam could not do, that's what Jesus of Nazareth did. Do you get that? Now, one thing Jesus did not fully attain was redemption of his body. Redemption of his body. He didn't attain that before going to the cross. Because if he attained that such a body, he cannot go to the cross. <laughs> it's like carrying that Jesus who resurrected and say you want to come and kill him. <laughs> you want to come and kill that resurrected Jesus. Praise God. Someone who passes through wall, how do you nail him to the cross? Someone who can travel to heaven and come back. He did that day, that same day, he did it. He just, he just told Mary, I'm coming, I'm, I'm, I'm going to heaven. <laughs> and he went quickly, and then that evening they saw him, he came back. Are you getting me? To wit the redemption of the body. That's what we groan for, right? We who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Amen. Amen. But... But they had to, so even though, he, even though he obeyed the cause of it, it wasn't imputed to him for the purpose of death. For the purpose of death. 
so that he can die on the cross so he can buy the issue by the grace of God taste death for every man so what was, it, what was the plan so that so they have to give he has to so his body can be broken do you get that so that when his body is broken then there can be a release on earth to men of his blood. What is that blood? That blood is his secret inward righteousness, which was already transcendent. That, you see, that righteousness was already a son in terms of his righteous awareness, his standard on the, he was already relating with the Father. Are you getting me? He had already purchased. I mean, I can't speak too details about what he purchased. The limit, the boundary. It takes so much spirit to cite it. But there is, in terms of comparing post-resurrection and inwardly. Shata, you want something? One thing I know. If you want to check it, is that he had overcome sin, mm-hmm. and that thing I know, he had already overcome death too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you seen this dragon we are preparing to overcome. Mm-hmm. Before he went to hell, and when he was on the earth, mm-hmm. he overcame him. Mm-hmm. So that's a, as much as I know. Mm-hmm. Now, one of that thing on the other side we know is that the sitting on the throne, when they call him, oh God. When today have I begotten thee? It happened after. That's on that, the other side. But in between that, <laughs> in terms of his inward righteousness, are you seeing it? Praise the Lord. What a wonderful thing. So, so are you seeing that blood? Like I said, I said it's transcendent, right? Strong. What you have, and now what that blood avails to you is not even just what he was before he died; is everything he became after as well. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Yes, yeah. So this table that it was, Paul said, I received it of the Lord, the same thing I received of the Lord, I declare unto you that the Lord Jesus, the night to which he was betrayed, took bread, and after he had given thanks, he break it, and he said, this is my body, broken for you. Do this in of me. And in the same manner also. He took what? The cup. He took the cup. 
Praise God. Yeah. And after sipping, saying, This cup is the New Testament. Are you seeing differences between chapter verse 24 and 25? They're not coincidences. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, please, have you read that he broke the bread and after eating, he said, This is my body broken for you? But the cup, when he came to the cup, he sipped of the cup. Mm-hmm. And after sipping it, He then said, this cup is a New Testament. As at the time, when he was doing that thing, he could sip of the, of the blood. Are you, am I correct? Mm-hmm. Of the blood. But this, the body, he said, is for you. Is my body is broken for you? Now, of course, you eat the body, and you will drink the blood as well. But the point of fellowship, of amen. The place of fellowship, the, the land, the world of fellowship is not in the brokenness of his body. It is in the content of his blood. Now, will you pass through the sufferings of his, according to his own, his own pattern? Of course you will, too. You must also eat. He said, except you eat of my flesh and drink of my own. You have no part. So to have part with him, you must have gone through everything. But there's one that is continuous. That you don't do it and say, I've, I've finished this one. It is something that, like I said, is, it transcends into God. This one is said as often. He himself <laughs> drank from it. Is that this one? He said, this one, he didn't say it's, it's, it's not the same sound as something for you, take for you. The, the other one, he took it and broke and gave to them. But this one, he said, this is the one we are still drinking. When you go and see God, what is inside my blood? You see God drinking his own. There's a cup, that throne area, there's a cup around that. <laughs> On that cup, the father also drinks. Are you getting, one? Are you getting my sense of it? I, no, it's not heresy. Is there, wow, did, did Jesus die for the father? <laughs> you know why he can travel? It's not hard to offend religious people. <laughs> Well, get the meaning of what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that the same life he's drinking is the same life that the God is. That's what his God is also drunk with. 
the cup transcends it, it transcends to the throne when that woman the Zebedee say, came to Jesus and said look let one sit on your right hand say no problem there's just a cup that throne <laughs> everybody around that throne they drink <laughs> Everybody around the throne, there is a cup they all drink from. It's a cup of immortality. Are you seeing that? So the body, blood is, body is broken for the blood. The blood is transcendent. It's eternally transcendent. It's from the blood, it, it first comes as life. Somewhere it switches to immortality. And you are still drinking it. As often you are still drinking it. After a while, that cup that you are drinking like one day you'll be drinking it and start tasting immortality in the cup. Men who arrive at immortality, they drink themselves into it. You know what that drinking into means? Nobody comes there with clear eye. That, ah, this is the map to immortality. Take one travel there. <laughs> the, the, the pathways inside the cup is inside the cup. Amen. Amen. So the body signifies more of his death, which means a lot, which we must be conformed to, which is all part of the journey, right? The body signifies more of his death, but the blood signifies his life. Are you getting that? The blood signifies his life. There are two things involved in his provision, his death and life. The dying, you have to partake of the dying and also partake of the living. The living. The life. The life of the flesh is in the blood, the living. So a flesh can, a body can die, so a blood can live. So a blood, a blood can. Amen. Uh, now. Paul, Paul said something. Paul said many things in Romans about his way of language about these things. Praise God. There's a place where he was saying Different places. 
Let's just pick some verses. Yes. As I just opened Romans, I'm just seeing them. You see Romans chapter 6, for example, especially. You see, therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. You see? Just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in what? Newness. See, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, then we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. He's showing those two things. Do you see that? Those who were baptized were baptized into his death. But therefore we are buried with him by baptism unto death. So as Christ was raised from death by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. Praise God. The purpose of being free from sin is so you can live to God. Or the purpose of, of being free from death is so you can live. It's not just about being free from death. It's one part of it. It's so the other can happen. So that the other one, the eternal activity of life can go on. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 7 says, For he that is dead is free from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more, that death had no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Right? In that he died, he died unto sin. Yeah, he's separating the operations. The dying unto sin, then there's the living unto God. The dying unto sin was an operation of his body. The living unto God is an operation of his blood. Now his own place that he He separated the essence of his death and his living. Let's see chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Verse 10. It says, For if when we were enemies... We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more. Say much more. Much more. You say, ah, really? There's something much more than being reconciled to God by the death of his son? I thought that was, the, that was everything. Well, there's something much more than that reconciliation. Much more. After being Reconciled when you are now a reconciled fellow through partaking of this death, after being made conformable to his death, you will then be saved by his life. 
Praise God. Are you, are you seeing that saved by his life? The reason where new creation realities people, the hyper new creation reality people miss it is that they only, they only think about the first part. They think about that, oh, he's died for us, he's paid the penalty, everything. So everything has ended. They don't consider the life. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. What about the life that you were saved to live? What about, what about the activities of that life? Are you getting me? <laughs> what about the life? You know, one thing that new creation people attack with their words a lot is sin consciousness. They don't want to know, don't be sin conscious. No, no, no. They, they think being sin conscious that is. Don't think about anything about sin. Don't see anything about anything that, like that. Just be professing or praise God. But you know that real sin consciousness is when you only pay attention to the remedy to sin. And you ignore life after being made what? After sin has been dealt with. It means you don't, you don't have conversation about the life. But that life is, that's, in fact, that life is where the whole thing is. That's where eternity is. That's, that's the whole point of being saved. That's the whole point of, of his body being broken. It's for the exploration of the life, which is in the blood. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense? Yes, making sense? Yes. Praise God. So, so, so you see that blood, um, the blood of Jesus is, the, the blood is remarkably, it's remarkably rich with things. The blood is remarkably what? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. The real place where blood is, you partake of blood, is the, the real place where the real feasting of blood happens is <clears throat> on the other side of the cross. Mm. Do you agree? Mm. On the other side of the cross, right? Because the real operation, the real operation before the cross, amen. Amen. The blood doesn't really truly minister purely. You don't have a pure ministration of blood until you have gone through the cross of Christ. You are made conformable to his death. 
if you listen to the last message, I'm sure you can relate a little bit to what I'm saying. Amen. Amen. No, when the PS team blood and water came out, right? There's water, there's also blood. There's blood as well. But, like I was saying, New Testament has many things. In the water, you find New Testament. In the water of the Word. It's also a portion of New Testament. But there's what he called the New Testament in my blood. The New Testament in my blood. Amen. Amen. That New Testament in his blood is the doorway into the fellowship of the Son. Or is the material that constitutes the fellowship of the Son. The fellowship of the Son is the sharing of his blood content. The sharing of the what? Of, of, the, of the blood content. The blood content. It's the giving of the content of the divine life. Because everything after the cross is divine. Now you see that cross? Which cross? It's not anyhow cross. So. Someone can born again, be born again, they've never even begun even thinking about the cross, the of getting there and, and being conformed to his death or anything. In fact, a lot, many Christians, they don't even know, just to agree that you have a cross, it's of Christians, it's a problem. You can't even get some Christians to agree that there is a cross. What cross? Didn't Jesus carry the cross? Why would I be carrying the cross? <laughs> Maybe they may not read the scripture where you, that you should carry the cross, or, or it doesn't register to them at all. Jesus has done it all. What do I mean? He, he paid everything. They construe scripture. It means they don't. They are not even aware. They are so far from cross that they don't. They are not even aware of cross life. Or let me know that they are not aware. Some an evil spirits have preached cross consciousness out of many souls on the earth. That's one of the dangers of prosperity gospel. No, no, not word of faith. Word of faith is not prosperity gospel. Word of faith is pure, right? And it's milk of the word. But there's what people abuse and turn into prosperity gospel. That is like an, a weapon against the cross of Christ. It's an in-house weapon. Satan came inside the church and weaponized something, a part of a message, abused it, and then turned it into a doctrine that became a sword against the cross, the thought of the cross. So faith without cross is what you call prosperity gospel. 
you extract the cross from the faith message. Anything that sounds, feels like, look like, cross, anything like you extract it from the message and the rest is what you call prosperity gospel. I mean, that, that thing is, it does damage. So I thank God many of us are not even like that at all. We don't have that kind of um, thing. God has helped us from that. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That's one weapon. The other weapons against the cross, so not just prosperity gospel. That's one. That prosperity gospel one is the visible kind of ah. So and just shout. You know, we must make it. We must. Be, we can never be poor. We can never be this. We cannot. God is. Oh. That one is very very blatant. There are other weapons against cross that are more hidden. So so you can see somebody who who even like suffering, who doesn't like wearing fine clothes, who doesn't like combing their hair, who doesn't like who only doesn't like sweet food. They only eat carrot every day, morning, afternoon, night. Carrot, 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 carrot. They don't like anything. <laughs> they don't like anything. Interest. Yeah, amen. That looks like somebody who had his hey, cross. When you see them coming cross, you you think cross has come, but. <laughs> Amen. That's just a, an outward thing. Someone like that, they are, the devil can all still make such a soul be avoiding cross secretly. So there are more hidden weapons of the enemy against that make soul not willing to carry the cross of Christ. So some guys who don't like the cross of Christ, they will make their own cross. They will, you know, all those righteous looking, those guys we call cross. Those men, a lot of times. Some of them have gone to a carpenter to chisel out their own cross. They choose the length, they choose the width, they choose the... They even put design, tattoo at the bottom. <laughs> Customize it. <laughs> and carry it. Amen. Amen. That one does not produce the blood. That one will not result in you partaking in his fellowship. The cross, the man-made, artificially crafted cross. When you craft cross for yourself, it will not produce life. It's not every suffering that produces life. The one that produces life, you must be led there like a lamb. You must be led. It's by leading, in the pathway of leading. That's where you arrive at Calvary in the spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I was saying something just now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So the prosperity gospel did that damage, right, in one sense, to the message of the cross. Praise God. (coughs) 
So I was saying that you can be far away as a Christian. You have no, you fight every concert, any, any, there's an instinct inside us, instinct that is, runs away from anything that seems like the, the cross. What is cross? Where you lose your life. What happens on cross? They break your formation. What is body? What has been formed? They break your gradually. And the, and the cross is not just one day. Jesus didn't just wake up in the morning and we woke up at 6 a.m. And then by 6.15, he's already hanging there. Praise God. There was a journey to that place. Lash after lash. Beating after beating. Process. They were taking out, breaking. How do you dismantle a man? They dealt with him. Praise God. Little by little. Are you seeing the cross process? And so everybody, if we didn't know before, everybody has cross. This one, let me just say it plainly now. Are you a Christian? Are you a follower of Christ? You are supposed to. Jesus did not bear your cross for you. Your own for you. Jesus bore his own cross so that you can bear your own. Do you agree with that? That's why he broke the body and gave you. Go and study this body. How it's broken. <laughs> you need to go through your own brokenness too. You have to be conformable to his death. Right? That's why you, when Jesus said in his mouth, you should count your cost. They take up your cross and follow. What does it mean? Follow where I'm going. Follow my path. So it means you should carry your own cross too. That's what it means to be conformable to his death. It means to you take up your own cross and follow as well. Amen. Amen. And then when you're able to go through the cross, which is at some point in your journey of, of, of righteousness, praise God, there is a point of transition of, into, into a fellowship. Into that fellowship is the world of another genetics. It's another realm of fellowship praise god it is the realm of so, of souls that have become adopted that what they've attained what they were grown in for according to romans chapter 8 to wit the adoption are you getting me so it's in the, in that realm of sonship is where the perfection of adoption happens the adoption occurs through the blood. They, they also call it redemption through the blood. Redemption through the blood. Even the forgiveness of sins. Of course, what are those sins? They are the sins which the cross, are you getting me? Alone. The cross alone did not take away. So we see here, this Jeff man is talking about that heresy now. What do you, hey, cross. Hasn't he nailed everything to the cross? If everything finished at the cross, maybe that we shouldn't have been celebrating Sunday. Just Friday night, everything happened then. When you say Easter, everything is Easter Friday. No, no, no Sunday, nothing. Just Friday. <laughs> Are you getting me? There's something beyond the cross. That's just what I'm, what I'm trying to show you today. 
when you don't if you if all you are seeing is cross 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 that's where religion came from cross just cross really when you see the cross the cross is a promise of another life The cross is the promise of another life. The promise of another life. The real excitement, the real joy is the fellowship beyond the cross. Any Christian who hasn't joined to that point, ah, you didn't really, if at the end of your journey you didn't get there, ah, you, you, you would have missed a whole lot. That's where the the enjoyment of the path. That's where the path becomes enjoy. When I say enjoyment, I mean the enjoyment of life. Because the cross, what it does, it, it rids you of certain baggage. What is that baggage? Is that in tied to man. That, in, that there's something tied to humanity that restrains humanity from flowing in divine life. They can't fellowship at another level. That, the cross takes that thing away. So, beyond the cross, there is another realm of fellowship. Beyond. Am I making sense to you? That's, in that world, that's where the real... is how to teach the blood to a soul who hasn't, who hasn't passed through sufferings and who hasn't Coming to hasn't been coming into dealings with the cross, right? It's hard to teach the blood. What does it mean to teach the blood? It means you see that blood. Although we know the blood paid for your sin, the blood even made the cross possible. The blood without the blood, there would be no cross. Imagine what was in Jesus was not there. It would never end up on the cross. So the blood has been responsible for a lot. It bought you and all that. But that thing which bought you, there's a, ty- a, a, a realm where you can begin to study it. Yeah. You can begin to, okay, this thing, this thing that's so powerful, that can do all these things, what is inside it? They, when you begin to read it, and grace has come to, you begin to find there's a testimony inside. That is the one that Jesus sought from and gave them. You see this one. Be, be doing it often. You see the sup, the sip Jesus took. What he's what the what he drinks out of the cup it might not be at the level at which you can drink. So you must be do you must be doing it as often. You must be doing it as often. That same very cup is a way a, a way which God drinks it. By God is the cup <laughs> because everything. It means that has to do with you know that immortality that dwelleth in a light, which no man can approach unto the, the, the only potentate. Amen. That God, who is immortality, you are talking about. He is the author of that life, himself. But so what I'm just teaching is the that there is a time ahead. So, so don't let the devil cut you off and say, okay. Well, well, this what of righteousness, you know, all these things. Uh, okay, we've been learning. Well, well, we'll just, well, maybe you check around. There's not too much else to do. Let me just stay here. But you are not having, there's not, your soul is not being magneted 
by that, that high, a higher fellowship. You, you are not having a, a hunger to know what God knows, to know what Jesus knows now, to know the, the mystery behind eternal life. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is, that is, a, is a higher place of fellowship in the Spirit. It's beyond just suffering. Is a fellowship, the realm of fellowship. That realm is a is a is a higher drinking. Is a higher drinking. Is a high drinking in the kingdom. Jesus said something in Matthew chapter. I think it's twenty six. Matthew twenty six. Praise God. Hallelujah. In this 26, that's where he was talking. It was the Last Supper, right? Mm-hmm. Happened here. Verse 20. Let's read from verse 20. Matthew 26 from verse 20. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Should be rounding up soon. Says now, when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. You see that he specified that this was the twelve, right? He didn't just say disciples. Says and as they did eat, he said, "Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me." And they were exceeding sorrowful, and began every one of them to say, "Lord," to say to him, "Lord, is it I?" And he answered and said, "He that deep, deep." That dipped his hand with me in this dish, the same shall betray me. And the Son of Man goeth as it is written of him. But woe unto that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It had been good for the man if he had not been born. And Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it, and break it, and gave it to the disciples, and said, Take it, this is my body. Praise God. And he took the cup, and gave thanks, and gave it to them. Drink ye all of it. Now, you are seeing different renditions. Now, here they didn't say he sipped it, but Paul mentioned that he sipped from the cup. Pr- praise the Lord. But he also he said something here. That, that in New Testament he rendered as often as you drink it. But are you getting what I'm saying? It mean, what it means that you can, that thing is something that is more continuous and progressive. It is something that you continue to do and continue to you, till you finish it. Yes. Yeah, it's saying you should drink all 
of it. Now, at this point, they were not even drinking. They had not even started to drink it. This was just symbolic, but it's telling to them in terms of your journey, you will need to journey with the blood and, and then till you are able to drink all. Why? He says, for this is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of what? Sins. Amen. Then look at what he said in verse 29. He says, but I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my father's kingdom. And when they are sung and him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, listen, look at this thing here, verse 29. He said, I won't drink of this fruit of the vine again. That's why they call it the Last Supper. He's, that was the last time he did it with them. But he's not saying until there's another time when I will drink it new. Now, drinking it new, we know that this drinking is not talking about drinking of wine and all that. It's talking about the future. But when they have come into his own drinking capacity, are you getting it? When they will come to his, that his own drinking capacity is what he calls with you. That is fellowship. It's, we will drink together at a particular point in the kingdom. He mentioned the kingdom. My father's kingdom. He's, he's saying at a point in the kingdom. When we will have a fellowship around this cup. So, drink all of it. Keep drinking it. Don't stop drinking. Of course, when he was talking, he must have thought he was talking about wine. You know, like, maybe they should have asked him, "What do you mean in your father's kingdom? Are we going to be drinking wine in heaven?" Maybe that thought was in their heart, or maybe because they had to go to the Mount of Olives, they had to quickly sing and wrap up. But someone would have asked that question: <laughs> "Do you mean that in heaven there will be wine drinking and all that?" Then maybe someone would ask, "Okay, so will there be wine farmers in heaven?" <laughs> Praise God. So, but, amen. But, so, what he's talking about is spiritual, right? Is that he's talking about what this cup signifies. That I'm, I'm waiting for you to journey. Journey, journey, journey. So, every time that you are breaking the bread, drinking the cup in that showing, you are actually keeping alive a promise. That there's one time, there will be a point where you will break into a fellowship of the life. The fellowship of the Son. Are you, are you getting this, what he calls Father's Kingdom? This is the same fellowship that John was writing. John who had entered that place. Right? So, at that, when John was writing First John 1, he had fulfilled what Jesus said to him here. He had fulfilled it. Right? That which was, was from the beginning. 
which you have heard, which what? Yeah. And I've handled of the word of life. Whoa. The word of life. Thank you, Jesus. The word of life. 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 That which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, which we have handled, which, which we continued in the word of life. We continued in it until we handled it. Praise God. Hallelujah. It was from the beginning and is manifested to us and which we now show. Unto you, which was from the beginning. Then he said, These things are we not written unto you that you may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and His Son. Where does that fellowship happen? is in the father's kingdom is a region of the kingdom do you know that the father and the son they share a region it's in that place where the father and son fellowship happen the fellowship with the father and his son they call it the kingdom of his dear son or the kingdom of the son of his love it's the meeting point of the father. What is father, son, and son conversation? A pure father and son conversation is a conversation about blood. Mm-hmm. My father, the father is talking what I gave to you. The son is talking about what I got from you. Mm-hmm. Father and son. It's a fellowship of their life. Of, of the purity of life which they now share. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? Say, truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. In that place, that's where they begin, that's where the increase of joy begins. That's where the, the velocity of joy picks up in that fellowship. Is it, you know that the fellowship of the joy that's full in His presence, the presence of God is fullness of joy, and His right hand pleasures forevermore. The, the feeling operation didn't start there in the presence. Some is a place where it, 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 it said, this is never written unto you that your joy may be full. That joy is the joy beyond the cross. Who mm-hmm. for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is now set at the right hand. You know the joy that was set before him? It's not just the fullness. It is the realm. Once you pass the cross, you are entering into a world of joy. That realm of fellowship with the Father and the Son is a world where the soul begins to experience joys that you could that you could never fathom, because he had never experienced any such thing before, and even if they had told him, he wouldn't have been able to understand before. 
is what they call joy unspeakable, full of glory. You know, joy unspeakable, full of glory is after suffering, yes. according to Peter. Yes. Right after you've been tried with fire and all that. Praise God, the trying of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. After it's been tried, it might be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearance of Jesus, who have we not seen you love, but rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. For the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared to the glory in us. Spoke about dairy. So awaited. He spoke about an eternal wait, right? Of glory. Amen. Amen. Mm. Say wait. Wait. You know that weight of glory accumulates. Mm-hmm. Wait. Eternal wait. Glory doesn't just become weighty all of a sudden in the most holy. You once you beyond the cross, you move into the realms of glory. Any soul that is able to endure the cross, who was able to follow carefully what Hebrews 12 spoke about, about having all this cloud of witnesses issued, what? Therefore, lay aside weights and sin that easily besets you in your, in your journey. But run with patience the, the race that is set before you, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our. Look for the joy that was set before him on the cross, despise the shame. Are you seeing that? So any soul who is able to fulfill that, this to me is a great encouragement. Today, maybe today is just an encouragement for every soul. Is there any soul who has any tiny hint of weariness? Just tiny hint of weariness. Maybe of, of the part, it's becoming weary, it's not becoming, all, you know, all the things that the devil tries to do to the part of the righteous. Try to, uh, uh, they will attack the part, makes it more difficult, makes it more, amen. And all, if anybody is feeling that way, I just want to remind you of a joy that is set before you. A joy. That joy, there is nothing in this world that can compare to that fellowship of which John spoke about. Nothing in this world. No peace of mind. No, no wealth. No riches. No relationship. Nothing in this world can compare to that joy of which, of which John spoke, of which the Lord spoke. Amen. Can we just begin to bless God tonight? Said the elder, Taminokama. Castion Barlos Ernos Elbros Albran. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Oh, 
Jesus, we honor you. Lamb of God, we thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Author and finisher of our faith. Thank you for all that you did for us. Things we don't even yet begin to understand. The price you paid in obedience in hearkening to your father, listening to your father every step of the way to make our hope possible. Thank you, our Lord. You who ever live it in heaven right now, seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, the Son of God, who is sitting, waiting until your enemies be made your footstool, until even your body, the church, overcomes and can arrive at your same place of fellowship that can come to or also come into the same communion that you have with your father thank you for such a hope for making it possible thank you for the giving of your blood the breaking of your body the giving of your cup the cup of the new testament which is helping us which is speaking now, even now, to our heart. Lord, I pray, let there be hope birthed in every heart that hears this word, a desire for that communion, for that fellowship, a desire to drink of the cup anew with you in the kingdom of your Father. Thank you, Lord. This is our hope. This is our desire. This is our longing. May no heart fall short of this expectation, of this hope. Lord, I ask, let this word come with the release of grace, a release of power, a release of ability, oh God, to align and come under these things. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between.